there's always this inner struggle of who you really are and being vulnerable about it, yeah. being open about it, being authentic about it. Are you aware that we are conditioned? Every single aspect of our lives, how we think, believe, act, has been shaped by our prior experience. When people find you, when they come to you, what are they still chasing? When you start digging and when you start realizing, like answering the three hardest questions, what do you want, why do you want it, and what are you willing to do to get it? It starts to unravel. All of us, you know, when we are growing up, we go through all kinds of experiences and we carry that baggage with us, good or bad or indifferent. Welcome to Living with Sunny. This is your host, Sunny Singh, with my friend, Thomas Power. Hello. Hi, Thomas. Today, we are talking to executive coach, Sashin Shah. Hi, Sashin. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sunny. Hi, Thomas. It's great to be here. You know, you've been working with a lot of professionals uh, who've had a lot of success in their lives, but yet uh, you've had uh, a constant a theme emerging that they don't find themselves fulfilled. And so I really want to delve into professional well-being, living professional well-being, fulfillment, and how all of these things come together. Yes. <laughs> yes. I hear a lot of that. I mean, I, listen, I, you know, my lens into the world, you know, started when I was a young kid. I mean, I grew up in an affluent suburb of New York City. And from a very young age, I was exposed to, quote unquote, this good life um, with people uh, with titles and degrees and um, houses and cars and, and a life and a lifestyle that most would aspire to. Um, and it's a good life. I mean, my gosh, it's a really good life. In my practice, who has found me have been people who have uh, arguably run up the ladder and rung the bell and achieved and, and have, have won that game extraordinarily. I mean, with, you know, on, on paper, on any kind of standardized version of success, you would easily say, wow, that's amazing. What I've seen is that there's a group of people within that who, after doing all of that, have been left with this is this all there is? Is there something else? I've done what I was supposed to do. I followed the steps, the prescription that was laid out for me. I did my job. And yet what I've observed has been that there's been some unintended consequences of pursuing that path. And, you know, my purpose of writing the book that I wrote, The Kid and the King, was to just highlight the importance of you know, I love, you know, holistic living, right? Being able to balance out both sides. And I think we all are from this generation that a lot of this kind of soft talk and this how do you feel, you know, movement wasn't really in the mainstream of business, in the mainstream of career building. It was put your head down, set a target and go. You know, we talk about success. We talk about he's really successful. He's doing great. But the qualifiers of that, I don't know, are, are kind of ill-defined, I think. Like what financially, you know, spiritually, emotionally, degree-wise, educationally. I mean, how are you going to define that? So I think that there's an opportunity here to kind of shed light maybe where there hasn't been a lot of light shed and make sure that this conversation comes to the surface. The belief behind all of that psychology is that some, when we get to that next level, well, it's going to be great. 
And then there's this wonderful emotional experience that's going to happen as a result of it. But if it's fleeting, it becomes unsustainable fuel that typically will burn yourself out. Very well said. And, and we'll come to this. I like the phrase unsustainable fuel of living. I'll yeah. come to that in just a second. Sure. You alluded to when you started the conversation about you growing up as a child, what your environment was like. And it, it made me go back memory lane and say, okay, when I was growing up, what kind of insecurities, what kind of anxiety did I have? What kind of experiences did I have? And how does that shaping me, including expectations of society, expectations of for my parents, if any, for my, for my friends and, and going to school for my teachers. And so those experiences in life from a childhood shape and color the lens with which you look at the world as you grow up. And you've talked about that. You, you, you talk about that. With, with a lot of force. Share your thoughts and point of view on that. Yeah, I mean, I, what I will say is, you know, it's been my experience and, you know, been verified through a variety of different sources and books and psychologists. I mean, everyone from Freud to Eric Byrne and transactional analysis to Piaget, just talk about the early years of our childhood and how our brainwaves take in information, how we learn societal norms. We, we are essentially, you know, Jay Krishnamurthy even said, you know, are you aware that we are conditioned? Every single aspect of our lives, how we think, believe, act, has been shaped by our prior experience. And it doesn't take a degree in psychology to understand this, right? If a dog bites me when I'm a kid, I'm a scared of dogs. If someone, right, that we, there's, we, we learn from our past, right? And so we all of a sudden become these conditioned as adults. There's this confusion that I observed in my own life and in my client's life that looks something like, how could I be so you know, well-educated, well-intentioned, um, sincere about making an impact in the world, about being a good human being, and yet still act out in certain ways that are completely inconsistent with who I say I am? What is procrastination for a Harvard-educated MBA? What, what is procrastination? What is self-sabotage for someone who's gone to Stanford and gotten a law degree? What is, I mean, what is alcoholism? What are addictions? What are all of these behaviors? Porn, sex. I mean, if you just look at what the amount of medication that people are on these days, if you start looking at some of these aspects, how is it that someone with that level of intellect that we would say, like, he's a brilliant guy, how could he be doing such things? The idea was that there, you know, in those earlier years, in those formative years, we make decisions about the world and they kind of just become our default position in the world. That's it. And so I know as a young child, I was born in an Indian immigrant's family. I was in the very white suburb of New York City. I certainly stood out as someone different than other people. That shaped who I was. Part of my conditioning was this feeling of, I don't really belong here. I'm not sure if I'm with, I'm not a part of this group. I'm not a part of that group trying to find my identity. You know, when I was a child, you know, and I went, you know, with a very demanding, you know, kind of a quintessential Indian family of education is the way to go. You know, I brought in a 99 one day on my exam. My dad asked me, well, what did you get wrong? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and he said, well, how are you supposed to learn anything? And at that moment, and I think this is the point, in that wow. moment, my child inside of me at the age of nine didn't have the intellectual, mental, or emotional capacity to process that and say, oh, dad, hey, good on you. You know what? That's one to grow on. Thanks so much for that advice. I'm going to take that to heart, <laughs> and I'm going to make sure I march ahead in the future. 
it occurred to me as a child as a kick in the gut. And it's interesting in my observations of some of the most successful people, there's always some story like that. Someone told them they could never do that. And that suddenly becomes the context for how you live your life as an adult. And it's, it's, it sounds so simplistic and overly simplistic, but when you get right down to it, you start connecting the dots to where you find yourself limited in your growth as an adult or where you find yourself getting triggered in places that, you know, why am I getting so reactive in this situation with my loved ones and the people I care, care about the most? Or why do I have this belief about money or being on time or being whatever it might be? It, and now it's no, it, you can trace it right back to an event early on. And I just, I think we underestimate the extent to which these experiences are impacting us as adults. What I end up getting in my practice is, again, these are not people that are miserable. These are not people that are, these are really great people. These are phenomenal individuals, but they've recognized that there's a cap to their current success strategy. And so that's really what this is about, is that when you find that cap to whatever it is, and we all have it, no matter what, I have a cap right now in my practice, you have a cap, we all have a cap, wherever that is, there's usually something to discover in that. And it, usually you have to look back to actually move forward. So, so Sheen, when, when people find you, when they come yeah. to you, when they read the book, what are they still chasing? What are they missing? They're willing to say there's a limit to what I'm doing. I don't know what it is. And so you get into it. And when you start digging and when you start realizing, like answering the three hardest questions, what do you want, why do you want it, and what are you willing to do to get it? It starts to unravel. They recognize something's off, right? They know that there's something off. And then when we connect the dots, it just, it's actually, it's actually pretty disruptive. And I almost warn people, I'm like, this is disruptive. This, this may pull you back right? You may have to give up some before we can kind of get to, and then the two becomes something that they haven't really articulated before in a meaningful way for themselves. And suddenly they're just like, I just realized my connection with my spouse, you know, my, my connection with my children, my connection with my community, my business partner, I've been holding on to so much resentment around other things. And it's like when that stuff starts to clear, it's like weeding a garden, right? And all of a sudden, like there's this, this very lush and fertile soil and suddenly, and again, this sounds so like woo-woo out there, but suddenly new possibilities, new ideas, inspiration starts to come in from places that they never saw before. You're talking about, Sashin, the conflict. Yeah. When you're a child, you're shaping yourself in a certain way, causing conflict because the layers you're imposing as you grow up, you carry the baggage with you. Mm. And, um, you know, there's always this inner struggle yes. of who you really are and being vulnerable about it, yeah. being open about it, being authentic about it, and what mm. you present yourself. <laughs> you know, and we couple that with the what you call the imposter uh, syndrome, saying, hey, do I deserve this? Am I that good? Yeah. Do I deserve this promotion or this accolade or what people are thinking of me? And there's this, this constant tension in you, this conflict. And this is something that's, I think, you know, I have it at times, not necessarily in that fashion, but I have conflict inside of me too. 
And when I look at my childhood, my, where I am today, and, and, and how I engage and interact and how I receive what I see. So I think almost everybody or every professional is facing that. You know, how do we deal with this? I think the first piece is contextual, right? So I think the what I was brought up with and my understanding was with the darkness, when that discomfort comes, what there is to do is crush it. And I think that what a lot of the self-help industry has delivered to its participants is a strategy that kind of conquers and crushes that part of the spirit and suppresses it so that you can then go lose that weight. You can then go hit that target. And the issue for me is, is that it works. It, it's actually an effective strategy. You pull out the hammer and you bang and it works. You can, you can do great things. Most of what's been built has been done with this big hammer. So there's that. The adversarial relationship that the current conventional thinking sets up between the part of us that knows how to go out there and knock it out of the park and the side of us that also feels that insecurity, self-doubt, and worry. By, by putting that up against each other, what you realize is you're never going to get rid of the other side of the coin. And I think that is where the conflict and the confusion comes from because it's like, hey, wait a second, what's wrong with me? I mean, I, you know, I thought I dealt with that already. Right. Or, you know, you get in that same argument with your spouse or the same thing triggers you. Like, I thought I dealt with that. I just spent, you know, 10 sessions with this therapist. I just did this retreat with this management retreat. I learned this framework. I mean, like, right. So all of that, that's definitely a huge part of it. When you know yourself to not be someone that you can trust yourself that I said I was going to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and meditate for the last week and I didn't do it oh, well, or, you know, I thought I was not going to eat, you know, I was going to, you know, eat vegetarian, but I cheated a little bit here, or I'm not drinking this weekend, but I did, or I said I was going to do this and get it done by Friday, but I didn't, right? All of those aspects, I think we underestimate the extent to which that these little promises that we have with ourselves, the things that we say to ourselves is what we intend to do and achieve. When we know that about ourselves inside all of a sudden, what do you got to do? You got to get up, put on the smile, shake the, you know, you got to put on a show. And I got to tell you, I was a really good performer for many, many, many years. And I think there's a lot of people out there that continue to have to perform every single day. And there lies the unsustainability. And, and hey, listen, I would say, I would argue there's a lot of people that know how to do it well, and they will do that till the end. But for those of us, who still have to wake up in the morning and look ourselves in the mirror some days and just wonder or go to bed at night with these thoughts running through our head. I think inner coherence is probably the place where a lot of that imposter syndrome lives. So Shashin, do you think it's impossible then to cure the conflict between the child and the adult? 
I think you just don't have a conflict. I think you just give up the conflict and stop pitting them against each other. Let them peacefully coexist. If you can begin to see yourself with that level of compassion to realize there's still this little kid inside of me that was hurt by the girl that didn't say yes and the kids that made fun of me because I was brown and my dad who did this and, my, and that that is still a part of my psychology and allow that to just be there not good, bad, right or wrong, but just is what it is. Having that compassion about your own story, your own experiences, your own wounds, your own hurts, and your, all of that, your own humanity, it does actually have a net effect on how you end up relating to others, how you're able to like meet people where they are. And as a leader, I think it's the number one skill set that needs to be developed to really be effective. Wow, that's good. That's powerful. And I understand, uh, Shashin, that you've got a, a three-minute exercise one can do ah. to reveal uh, one's hidden uh, insecurities um, and inner struggle. Um, yeah. Share that with us. Yeah, yeah. You know, this was this was where the genesis of the book came out. And it was really a simple question. It was someone that it was one of, I think it was, an, it was a therapist, actually. And she, she said, well, just list five of your most powerful attributes, Shashin, things that you're most proud of in your life, right? So take a moment, write down five, and then now write down five attributes about yourself that you're not so proud of, aspects of your personality that if they were gone, life would become you know, just easier. Like you just find yourself getting tripped over these aspects and it robs you from the experience of life. And so take a moment, do that, hit pause and just get that done when you're back. So what I wrote down for myself was, I'm gregarious, compassionate, and aware of others' needs. I'm intelligent, strategic, and loving. And on the negative side, I said, I'm a procrastinator. I'm overly <laughs> critical. I'm judgmental. I'm intolerant and a rebel. <laughs> so I, it sounds the, the like a great cocktail, Shashi. Oh, no, it's great. So wait, check. This, is, this is where the rubber hits the road. So I wrote it. And so now what I want you to do is combine your list. So I wrote a gregarious, intolerant rebel, an intelligent, critical procrastinator, a compassionate, judgmental critic, a loving, intolerant man aware of others' needs. There was a war within me. And there were two opposing forces. And so wow. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> the cocktail is the most appealing thing. And there you go. And so, and those are how I identified myself. Right. And so it just brings to the surface now something I think worth being curious about. I love it. I love it. Shashin, it's, uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. And, um, you know, you have really brought to light how you're going to build the continuum of the childhood to the professional well-being. How do you bring that into living from holistic well-being, living from joy, yeah. you know, the conflict within us and how to dissolve that conflict. And I find that very educative and very informative. I would actually implore our users today to really go down memory lane, get in touch with your inner child yep. and embrace the child. Yep. Don't consider the baggage. Leave the baggage behind. Embrace the child. Become the child. Add your authentic self to it and become you. Show the you to the world. Do that today because I am. I'm going to do that today. Shashin's book, The Kid and the King, is available now. 
And thank you for being here, Sushin, with us today. Yes. Thanks so much, Sonny. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Thomas. Really a pleasure. Thank you.